1: This episode is powered by denmeditation.com, with locations in Los Angeles that normalize meditation and make it available to all. Though meditation is the primary focus, the bigger goal is for people to understand and love themselves, thus creating more harmony in the community at large. To find out more about Den Meditation's teacher training programs, retreats, and all things Den Meditation, go to denmeditation.com. Welcome to Den Talks, a podcast that features successful people from all walks of life, taking us on their journey of self-discovery. This is Tall, and I'm here with Andrea Bendewald, a phenomenal mom, friend, actress, and also an incredible spiritual leader here at the Den Meditation. She runs our circles, which I promise we'll talk about more in depth today in the episode. But we also chat about her journey from starting as a successful actress and then finding spirituality later. She also talks about how it is to fall off the spiritual wagon and how you can get back on the law of attraction and how to stay centered. Also, how can you dig deep in a world that really rewards what's on the surface? She is the perfect person to chat about this, having come from entertainment herself. Andrea reminds all of us to stay open to your path as you never know what direction your life is going to take. Stay tuned for her personal practice at the end of the podcast, where she's going to guide us through a self-love meditation. (music) Hi, so we're here with Andrea Bendewald, who is the founder of The Art of Circling. And let's just start there. Tell us a little bit, because for some people, they're like, what is The Art of Circling? Well, first of all, I'm so happy to be here having this conversation with you. I mean, nothing makes me happier than chatting with you.
0: And nothing makes me happier than sharing um, The Art of Circling with people, because this is a practice that I've been doing for the past 20 years, ever since I moved to Los Angeles and developing it into a mindfulness practice that now I can share with everybody. The Art of Circling is a group, interactive mindfulness practice, and it's very simple. It's people sitting in a circle, using some ancient ritual in a very modern day setting. And circles, they empower people to find their authentic voice, They connect people so that helps them build community and it really enhances the productivity of any collective. So that is what circling is. That's amazing. And how did you even start that? Well, I was lucky. How did I find it? I was very lucky. I moved from New York. I landed in Los Angeles amongst a group of women that were just kind of discovering, exploring, circling. So we all lived up in Laurel Canyon, up in the Hollywood Hills. Like we were like the original, <laughs> you know, hills. Laurel yeah, yeah, we were like, and we were all actresses, producers, directors, um, some executives, and we all lived up on this hill. And we, and I landed right when they were starting to circle. And I fell in love with it. Because here I was sitting in a circle with all these amazing women. And I and I came to LA for acting. So
1: did you know these women
0: beforehand? Like were they friends or so? Yes. Yeah, so a couple of them were my best friends. Jennifer Aniston, Meredith Scott Lynn. And they're all sitting in a circle. And they're all sitting in a circle. My other friend Kristen Hahn and Sharon Lawrence and Lee Kilton Smith. It's also a funny circle. It's a hilarious <laughs> circle. <laughs> Suzanne Buchanan. all these all these <laughs> women, we all knew each other from all walks of life. And we sat in a circle and I was this wide eyed kind of scared, even though I was from New York and I was kind of tough. I was in a new land and I found myself sitting in a circle. And when we passed the talking stick and everybody just shared where they were at, what their truth was, very simple, very simple, gentle nervous? process. So nervous. My heart's pounding. Here comes the talking stick. What, what am I going to say? What am I am say? say? Ego, ego, ego. It, yeah. Right. Ego, ego. ego. And an amazing thing happened. Talking stick comes to me. I start sharing. I start sharing my my whatever wants to come through, really the truth. And I hear a voice that I'd never heard before. And I think it was my authentic self. Do you remember what you shared that day? I shared that I was scared, that I felt alone, that I was afraid, that I didn't know if I had made a mistake by moving to L.A. What? what I, it was something like that. It was just kind of like And did you even know you were feeling those things? No. Interesting. I I, I had never, I hadn't thought to articulate it until the circle when it just kind of came out. So then what happened, talking stick goes around. There's no crosstalk in circling. It's a very simple but sacred practice. Whoever has the talking stick has everyone's undivided attention. So you listen in a deeper, more meaningful way. You're not gonna so you're not interject about your response. Yeah, right? you're not going like, "Oh, hey, that's me too." Mm, ah, uh. You just you sit and you help hold the space for the other person to share. So your ego actually gets a chance to rest because I'm not sharing with the intention of impressing you and what you're going to think about me. I'm just sharing. So, talking stick leaves my hands, goes on to the next woman. They do their share, which has nothing to do with me. But what happened in that very first circle was I realized that I A, I wasn't alone. And that B, all these women that I had some imagination or, or image that they were so above me or below me, again, ego. Yeah. I realized, oh, we're all the same.
1: I literally like, just got the chills.
0: Yeah, we're all the same. And that's where I was like, th- this is this is Yeah, I have chills too. Like this is for me, this is, this is what I want. I want this authenticity of self and also this way of being with other people. And so from that point, that was 20 plus years ago, 22 years ago. uh, I was like, every time there was a circle, I would go to it every time. And then we started circling for that was a, that was a, um, I think the first circle was either like a, spring equinox circle. And then the second one was we did a circle as a going away event for a friend who was moving. And then the next circle was for a full moon. So, so they were, they started happening in a, on a regular basis, but then we realized that we could use this art of circling for like everyday celebrations and bring deeper meaning and deeper sharing, um, in, into our into our daily lives for birthdays for bridal showers for baby blessings for someone opening up a new business for someone closing a,
1: a deal on a house for somebody, like you name Anything. it yeah and so then when so you were part of this just experiencing it yourself when did the transformation come where you started actually leading them
0: okay so i thought we should be circling all the time. And does, <laughs> hey guys, where are you? Yeah, like, where are you? Like, why are we circling? And and again, it, so it was like this calling that kept going, oh, I, I want to do this. And I, I, I'm I trying to think the, the first circle I led, um, I was probably 30. And I called up my spiritual teacher at the time. Her name was Danielle Devereaux. And I said, I really want to lead a circle. She said, okay, I think you should. And I said, well, I don't know what I want it to be about. And she goes, well, what are you craving right now in your life? And I said, well, I'm really craving, you know, couples being together and us all sharing what our our struggles are. I was newly married and uh, a new homeowner. And I was just looking for like cohesiveness around couplehood. there's no, there's no guidebook to how to be married. Right. And she said, well, there's your topic. And I said, okay, well, what do I do? (laughs) What else do I do? And she, and she, even though I had been participating, she was my mentor on how to guide. Did she
1: do circles? Yes.
0: She had, she had. So, so let's, let's go back a little bit. Circling, like when I said in the beginning, it's an, it's an ancient practice. It's, indigenous to Native American cultures. It goes back to Celtic cultures. It's very goddessy, but goddess tradition. So you you find it in in all different cultures. And you find it, you know, in in prehistoric cultures where the origin, the origin of um, storytelling is the circle. They would sit around the campfire and they would act out okay, what's the hunt going to be tomorrow? And they would sit in a circle and they would tell the story of, and they would picture and vision, talk about manifesting. They'd be manifesting how How it's going to go, how the hunt was going to go. And then they would come back and then they would share the story of how it went. It's like the origin of acting too, which is why I think I'm an actress as
1: well. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) Do you feel that? Because it is clearly, I find what's so interesting about circling, which I would love for you to talk about is it's clearly a very individual experience, as you were saying, you got out of your own ego, you learned, but yet it is also about community and sharing. So how do you think those play together in circling?
0: So community and sharing. So I've been leading them at the den since the opening of the den. And this has been a wonderful experience for me because I've been leading um group circles that are not people that have been together. Right. So everybody's kind it's of an the individual. They show up. And the my favorite part about leading these type of circles is that people feel more connected and more of a community. And this is a group of people that don't necessarily know each other. And they feel more connected because they've had an experience of just sharing yeah. a very simple either part of their day so um if you break down circling to its bare 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 elements it's you're speaking your truth you're just sharing your heart and you're also listening with an open heart that's it and what a great experience for any community amazing amazing and if and it doesn't matter if you know each other because we're all humans we all have something in common so they leave that 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 um experience or that circle feeling connected to a group of people that they had no intention of even feeling connected to more so than in a meditation class or a yoga class where you're just listening to the leader, right? You're just listening to the teacher. This is you're you're, you're actually part of the teaching because something you share in a circle is guides it. Yeah. It affects me. So this, there's another, um, guideline to circling, which is, Whatever shared in the circle stays in the circle. So that way I have permission to be my my highest self or my lowest self, right? And if you share something, let's say, Tal, you're in the circle with me, and you share a, um, a real honest truth about parenting or being a business owner, right? That may spark something in me that I didn't even know I felt or was looking forward to, or wanted to let go of, it doesn't matter. And that's going to inspire me. And then I'm going to share something. And then there's this ricochet effect, right? So then all of a sudden, there's this wisdom that's coming out of the collective for everyone to source from. So it's not just the facilitator, which I love facilitating, obviously, (laughs) but it's the group. It's It's the collective wisdom that gets sourced from the
1: group, which is why I really fell in love with that. I mean, I I totally understand that and relate because for me, when I open up the den and people would ask me like, what's your, oh, you did a great job with this or that. And I always said, this place is only going to be as good as the people who come here, the people who teach and the people who actually practice, because that's what shapes its character. It's what shapes its vibe. It's what shapes and makes it grow and change. So like, yes, I could put out, like you said, if you're, you know, leading the circle, I can put out the product but ultimately, it gets shaped by whoever's using it, which mm-hmm. I always find so fascinating. and so much more interesting. So I totally relate to that.
0: Fascinating. And the, the market, which is just what people want, is going to dictate what you're serving. Let's say I come into a circle and I want to talk about, oh, this is what's going on with the astrology and the moon and how it's affecting us. And I'll start a prompt about, you know, share what's either the high or the low or anything else that you'd like to share about just a quick drop in about what's been going on for you since the last full moon circle. And that's very general. A theme will emerge from the circle that I have nothing to do with. It's the collective. I said nothing about, let's say it is, you know, something that's going on in the collective could be everybody's feeling edgy agitated out of sorts and there's been a lot of you know breakups or there have been a lot of shakeups that has nothing to do with my intention for leading the circle but it will it will come up and then we'll go a little bit deeper into that and then
1: we'll go we'll but I do think a- what's so amazing about mm-hmm. that and why it sounds like you've said the circles have been around forever it, it's If the facilitator does what they're supposed to do and let it have a life of its own, it's always going to exist. It's just you grow with it and you change with it versus Mm -hmm. thinking it has to be one thing. And then ultimately, because the world changes, you leave it behind. So, I mean, it's so beautiful that you kind of work with it. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's why people, there's like no pressure when people go in there. So I think that's, what do you do with the person who probably got dragged there, had no clue what they were showing up for, doesn't like to share, makes them incredibly nervous and thinks it's a bunch of hokey pokey. Right. Right. Those are my favorite,
0: <laughs> and it happens. Uh, so I lead private celebration circles all the time, and pretty much every single time, the host will say to me, "Oh, there's this one friend or aunt or so. They're not that into it. They're and, and they have this list of worries about them." And I go, oh, "Don't worry, They're, they'll be fine." And so, what I've come up with with this art of circling is a way to include everybody a way to disarm everybody, a way to make it easy for everybody. And one of the guidelines is you don't have to share if you don't want to. So you're immediately, you're off the hook. Yep. And as soon as they're let off the hook, they They'll relax. Share. There is are something
1: about feeling forced.
0: And here's the interesting part. 99 out of 100 times, that person that that host was worried about Become is the person that shares the deepest, most insightful, most funny, most beautiful thing in the circle that it it was like, that's why the circle happened. Yes. It's beautiful. beautiful. It's beautiful. And I don't, and the way I love to lead circles is that it is inclusive. It's not new agey or woo woo. It's people sitting in a circle, which I don't know if you went to kindergarten, you probably did. You're right. I mean, it's interesting.
1: It's you're right. It's what we were always taught to do. Have you ever done a circle? Not in a circle. I know that seems like a crazy question, but. Um, So I've done like layered
0: circles where we're kind of spread out, but ideally there is a focal point that is the center, but I, I, you can do it in a classroom where we'll build a, like a circle in our minds. And if we can't, actually put the chair physically do it we still have this idea because the reason you do it in a circle is that it's the it's the equalizer no one's above no one's below no one's first no one's last no one's first no one's last everyone's facing each other everybody can see each other it in that in and of itself has a power to it so for some people that may be the mindfulness practice is just sitting in a circle facing one another that may be enough
1: and yes. listening. I wish it's one of the questions I was going to ask you. So this is actually a perfect time is the difference of traditional. I mean, it's kind of obvious now that we've talked about it, the difference of quote unquote, traditional meditation versus this and the similarities. But I think one thing you're bringing up that's so important, which I say all the time here, you know, people come in and get really frustrated sometimes if there was a noise or someone was walking upstairs or God, forbid, I mean, it annoys me too. But when someone falls asleep and is snoring or, you know, and they get really upset and they want to blame and, You try and say in a kind way, because yes, look, it's a service. You want them to be pleased, but you want to say what you're going to learn in this process, if you are open to it, that that is what you need. That is your thing that you are up against. The fact that that is bothering you so much is what you need to work on, not because you're a bad person, just it's clearly being put your way. Because that's your struggle. For me, it's noise. Like that's, I mean, a snoring for me is literally nails on a chalkboard. And I now know that. And noise, I'm hypersensitive to it, chewing all of that. So it's funny that you say that, that if you show up and you are the person that's uncomfortable even being in the circle or sharing, sometimes just sitting through it is your lesson and is your growth Mm -hmm. that you have to do for the day. A hundred percent. And that's part of the practice. So
0: part of the practice may be looking at what's coming up. So very often in circling, because it's a interactive group mindfulness practice, is that just just being seen may may bring up a lot for you and people and I give everybody permission to just talk about what's coming up for you. And uh, very often people will say, I'm I'm horrible at public speaking. I'm not good at public speaking. I get very nervous at public speaking. And then I say, well, thank goodness this isn't public speaking (laughs) and This is a great place to practice bravery of just being yourself. Yeah. I'm not asking you to recite Shakespeare. I'm not asking you to give me a dissertation on, you know, physics. I'm just asking you to share simply your authentic self, what's coming up. And your authentic self might be, I'm too nervous to share. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you for sharing. I'm very nervous right now. Yeah. And a lot of people do. And just saying that frees them. And just saying that truth frees the person across the circle from them because they kind of go like, oh, I thought it was just me because I've been up in my head with this thought for so long. But this person who I perceive to be,
1: um, I don't know, they look really spiritual and together. They just said exactly what I was thinking. It's funny because I've noticed that like a few retreats I've been to and even in the beginning of our teacher training program, there's always one person who like stumbles in the beginning and and says, I'm terrified of speaking in front of people, so I can't even believe I'm doing this. And then we'll continue to do so. And you're right, by the end of either the retreat or through the journey of teacher training, they end up like speaking the most and sharing some very profound things. So they, you're right, they've learned to be comfortable in this bubble. Right, and that's right, a huge yeah. lesson. And that's what a gift.
0: I think. I think that's why I fell in love with this practice is because, so I was an actress. I was. I still am an actress, but I was very comfortable being somebody else. I was not comfortable being Andrea Bendewald. And I actually, that's what I really wanted to be more comfortable with. Now I'm more comfortable being Andrea Bendewald than I am being an actress. Cause it feels inauthentic. Yes. I I will still do it, but I, but I, I wanted so desperately to be comfortable with myself
1: So let's talk about you being an actress. So what a lot of people might not know is you were a regular on Suddenly Susan. Yes. I mean, very successful. Yes. Clearly from the beginning, you hang with a successful group of women. Um, So, and what I didn't realize until our conversation is a lot of this overlapped. You were circling. So you were circling while you were on Suddenly Susan. Yes. Correct? Yes. So when did the transformation happen where it became more part of you? Was it cohesive? Was it simultaneous? Was it after? So I. Was under the misconception that uh,
0: I was I had to be one thing. So if I was an actress, I was an actress. I was doing that a hundred percent, and that was my profession. And if I was going to do it, I had to do it full throttle. It was kind of the way I was raised. I went to the high school of performing arts, oh. and then I went to theater school at Wright State University, and I got a degree in theater. So this is your life. So this was my life, and I'd been acting my whole life, and then I was making a living act- acting. I was acting Which on like I musty mean, tv and, right yes. exactly so i had so i had i had made it in my mind but to continue making it i thought that was all i had to do and it started to feel um the business aspect of it i it was not true for me i did not i was not very good at it i wasn't i couldn't keep up with with the with the race the grind the competition like i was i would be um For those of you new to this world, because you come from the television world, so I can speak that language with you, but there would be a pilot season and I would test for a lot of shows multiple shows and i was in the running with amazing women and just so people know
1: testing means you've yes. made it through a really long line to get to the final decision yeah so and it's, it it's be, a big deal so it's to a test d- multiple times is yeah. a, exhausting exhausting but also incredible and,
0: and it involved the business aspect of it which was um you're making a deal every single time yeah. you
1: go to test and i was
0: testing with remarkable women and i would not get the job and it and, and my fall was too great so I wouldn't get the job, and then I would just be devastated. And then I wouldn't get and the you're job doing that multiple times, and I would be devastated. Yeah. And, I, and at the same time, though, I had a teepee in my backyard in Beverly <laughs> Hills, and I'm leading circles in a way that is so fulfilling. In a way that we are having these, this like heightened, glorious, spiritual experience without drugs or alcohol. I mean, we are achieving higher states of consciousness in my teepee and i'm thinking
1: they had to be separate like i couldn't be an actress and and that's so interesting so what i find fascinating about that is when did you start incorporating and not even just by leading the circles just by being human andrea when did you start incorporating your spirituality and the way you look at the world in your teepee with also the way you could look at the world through in acting right. or as a mother or as a wife or just how did when did you start incorporating it into you every day, not just as a leader of circles. Right. So it. Because that's interesting. Yeah, kept the, I kept
0: it separate until I didn't, right? Until, so until I felt the calling. So when I start, first started circling in the teepee, I remember saying in a circle, very small circle of women, we were doing, um, we were talking about asking it as given. The Esther and Jerry Hicks first, first, first book, which is all about manifesting Mm -hmm. and the law of attraction. And I remember whispering in a teepee, I want to share this with other people, right? Cut to, we are sitting here, you and I, and you're sharing it, and I'm sharing it, and I'm leading it at the den. Yeah. Okay. So that's where it started. So that was about, let's say that was like 10, 14 years ago. So from that moment, it's been an integration. So, I started meditating on a regular basis three years ago. I did transcendental meditation training uh, i My husband and I sold our house in Beverly Hills, and I folded up my teepee and I knew it was time to bring this teepee consciousness to more people, so bringing the
1: idea of what was happening, so moving it out of your backyard, moving it
0: out of my backyard and sharing before they bring people. it to the world. Yes. And then at the same time, I started uh, leading circles in my children's elementary school. That's so beautiful. So it all kind of went like this, like I'm, I'm making a big arc with my hand going like a rainbow. It just took this lovely trajectory to where we are right now, which was I had two small children. I folded up the teepee. And I started leading circles in schools, and then I started leading them out in the world. And at the same time, people were asking me, will you lead my baby blessing circle? Will you lead my this? Will you?" So, so I, I opened myself up
1: to sharing more, and people started asking me to do it more. And then did you find that you started walking the walk differently during the day, like every day for you?
0: Yes, because the teepee consciousness and the art of circling and this whole mindfulness movement that's happening. It really is about just a being a better human being. Yes. Right. So being mindful wherever you go, whether it's to the grocery store and being mindful that this person behind the counter is a human being who has a life and challenges (laughs) and a whole existence, just like you being mindful of that being mindful of if there's, you know, garbage that you could pick up and put in a garbage can, you do it, being mindful of, you know, how am I treating my body? What are my thoughts telling me? Do I need to check in with somebody else? Do I need a teacher to help me with a mindfulness practice? So it it did kind of permeate my whole way of being. And thankfully now I'm so happy that I get to use my spiritual practice with my long history with acting. I get to use it at UCLA where I teach in the professional programs. I teach acting for the camera and I use the art of
1: circling as the foundation for authentic storytelling. I was going to ask you about that too, because I think I love how You didn't necessarily say bye to acting. You you incorporated the two and it just exists differently for you now, which I think is really beautiful because clearly it's a passion of yours. Um, So, yeah, talk more about how you teach and how you use the basis, because I think there's so many people out there, I know, especially in Los Angeles, who are creatives and struggle sometimes, whether it be through acting or writing. So how do you incorporate this into that life? So. At UCLA, I use circling
0: to start every class and to end every class. And I use it with actors to get them to be more in touch with their authentic selves and to become better storytellers. Yeah. It's super simple. If you can't sit there and tell me something truthful about yourself, I doubt I'm going to believe you on camera if you're trying to tell me a truth about someone else's life. Right. So they love it. It also brings that class closer together. This is all scientific too. That's not, you, you get people sitting in a circle connecting and sharing their
1: empathy and their ability to connect instantly deepens. And it is amazing how many people were not raised with empathy, not on purpose, but like, it is interesting. I find there's this whole generation now where you're like, I don't think you actually understand the concept of empathy. That's right. And a, a, one
0: of my Beliefs is that this mindfulness movement is deepening and strengthening and exploding. And it's because of technology. So many children are being raised with their face in a screen. And so they are not they are not building empathy um, through actual practice and pathways because yeah. they're not looking at someone's face and seeing and understanding, and they're saying like oh this causes joy this causes sorrow this my words to you if i called you a name is gonna make you react they're not seeing facial interaction because they're seeing it on a they're detached experience and they're, not experiencing, and they're it. not experiencing it so one of the reasons why i'm very passionate about leading circles in schools is because children by nature are empathetic, and it's to solidify that education when they're young.
1: Well, you're teaching them teaching how to it. listen to someone else yes. and what they're going through, yes. and teaching someone to be okay expressing their feelings. That's two amazing skills for a kid. Yes, and and, and adults too. Like, I'm
0: one what would of my, really help of you an my, adult if
1: you got it as a kid? <laughs> yeah.
0: And we can, le- and we can all, all of us can, we should all be forever learners, right? So we could be keep, we could keep learning this. So that's why people go, oh, it's so amazing what you're doing with the kids. I'm like, no, it's just amazing that every, like, that we're all doing it, that we're all learning how, no one
1: teaches the art of listening, <laughs> if you think about it. And the art of listening is hard, in this, especially in today's society. It's everything's moving so fast and you almost feel like you have to move as fast. You don't take the time sometimes right. to sit and listen. Right. It's interesting. So one thing I always noticed about you from day one of meeting you is you are the person, I assume, because I could, I feel like I do this with you, that people go to. You're, like, you attract people who want to sit down and kind of talk about their <laughs> issues or their problems. Have you all? Out- a, are you like that, yes. or just for me? <laughs> um, yes,
0: only you tell.
1: <laughs> but um, have you always been like that? Like, is that something yes. that you always like yes. growing up? Yes, hundred percent. So, and I'm sure yes. now even more so.
0: Yes, is it exhausting? No, it's an honor, and I feel like it is. Um, it one of it is one of my gifts. Uh, it's not something I take credit for. I think I came in with it. Um, I think it's part of my whole story, and it's one of I, I love asking my students to um, talk about their superpowers. What's one of your superpowers? We all have them. We all have them, and I think it's what it's one of mine. So, and it's my ability to listen. It really is, and it's my ability to um, absorb information and then and then kind of see the full picture. And also, as I continue to learn and seek, is to realize how much I don't know, right? And I think people enjoy being around people
1: that um, aren't aren't pretending that they know everything. Well, there's a comfort in that. If you're going through something, there's a comfort in the person... Going through it with you versus just automatically knowing mm-hmm. how to fix it from start to finish. And I
0: love, I loved, i I've, I've, my father was from Montana, and we would go there every summer, and uh, we were invited and allowed to be part of a Native American uh, naming ceremony. Um, we were visiting a ranch that was right next to an Indian reservation, and this ranch had a very um, honorable relationship with the. Native Americans. And it was the first time I was in a teepee and I was drawn to the ceremony. I was drawn to the ritual. I was drawn to everything about it. I was nine or 10. Wow. I was nine or 10. And so that's so that just reminds me, this question you're asking me reminds me of that time, which was, I was always drawn to deep to deep practice or deep listening and i have one friend who you remind me a lot of her name is uh, sherry Sedoti, and she she teaches yoga in martha's vineyard she has a school called fly yoga we went to junior high school together and she was like andrea you were circling with us like in junior high you would sit us all down if we had a problem and you would say like let's talk about it let's go around the circle and let's like just share what's going on and she said you were using circling kind of practices and i was like i was and i have a vague memory of it but i don't i don't remember
1: calling it in that's yeah. what all friends are for it's the best like i yeah. love when my friends i've known since 4 will be like, oh, no, you were always like that. And they give you very specific instances that you don't remember at all. You were just
0: telling me a story about like when you like knew like you knew what kind of school would be right for you at a very young age. Oh, right. You were like, oh, no, I know I have to go to this
1: school. That's what I need. That's what I want. Like you had that business mind. But it's really that- funny how I, like off of what you're saying, I love how if people stop for a moment and look back you can see where things have been dropped in front of you, giving you hints of what direction you're supposed to go to. Like that TP moment for you. That's incredible if you actually think back because that's a long time ago. It's not like from that point on, you were like, I must be in a TP from that point (laughs) on. It's just later all of a sudden you find yourself there and you realize, oh yeah, if you believe in more, it, they, he, whatever it is for you was already giving me some guidance and dropping it in. And that's so amazing. And then have your friends just kind of give you that confidence too that you are mm-hmm. exactly where you need to be. Mm-hmm. So tell me some of the fun, like when you came in earlier, we were all joking and I think you spouted off like three pieces of hilarious advice. And I feel like that's, <laughs> but I feel like that's exactly who you are. You always mm-hmm. have such a good point of view on some of the most Thank basic you. things. Like earlier you were even saying like, be nice to the people at Starbucks, whatever. Right. But I think some of the things we were talking about is we were, well, we were joking about the mooch. So like right. <laughs> off the record, like you were saying things yeah. Talk about that. Like, I love your basic pieces of advice. I was
0: saying that there is no off the record. Like, everything is for the record. So it's your record. It's being impeccable with your word, basically. And I get wonderful reminders of that all the time. Like, I will slip. I will slide. I will forget. I'll think it's funny to be gossipy or snarky, even if it's just with my friends. And then I will get a very – I'll either get a big reminder – or a gentle reminder of, no, no, be impeccable with your word. You know, truth, kindness, love, acceptance, and and less ego, or no ego. How about no ego? After I read Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth, I had one of many... Spiritual awakenings. Here's what I think happens you have spiritual awakenings and then you go back to sleep. And yes. then you have another spiritual awakening and then you go back to sleep. And I love, I love the trendy phrase right now is stay woke. <laughs> right? Stay woke. So after I read A New Earth, I was like, oh my gosh, I've got it. I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> I've got it. And I did. I lived mindfully uh, without. Ego. And I recognized ego wherever I went. I could see where other people were putting themselves above or below. And I, I refrained from gossip. I refrained from it. And I had an incredible, I'd say, I don't know how long it lasted, but (laughs) year of tranquility, of serenity, of peace, of Zen. I mean, it was amazing.
1: And then I fell off the wagon. So why do you think people fall off the wagon? Even people like you who are constantly practicing this—this this is what you do for right. a living. It's who you are. So even someone like you is falling off the wagon. Why do you think people fall off the wagon?
0: Uh, because we're human beings, and because that's why it's called a spiritual practice. And you got to keep doing it, and you get and and you learn, pick up new practices, and new things are needed at different stages of your life. So I needed that practice in that moment, and now I need another. Layer of my practice, so now I do transcendental meditation. That's a whole new one, and guess what? That so I've I've lived with depression most of my life, clinical depression most of my life, and I take um, I've taken medication for it. I've been off medication for it. Nice. Now, now I'm back on medication. It's a very small dose of Lexapro, and it works beautifully. But I still have to stay on top of my Mindfulness. When I started doing transcendental meditation three years ago, I was like, I got it, figured it out. I have nailed depression. <laughs> I, am a, I am a master. Back on the wagon. Because I felt an incredible Awakening. change yeah. at the beginning. It's like that. The first six months, it was like I was walking on water. I really thought I had it. But guess what? My body changed, the environment has changed. I'm getting older. I'm probably perimenopausal. I'm 47, right?
1: <laughs> so you must so, be really hot right now in here. <laughs> yeah, right?
0: So so all these things change. So now what do I have to do? Now I have to adjust, learn. So that's why I
1: say you have these, these growth spurts. That's such a great piece of advice for people, A, for anyone who's practicing, when you start to... I feel it. Remember, keep going, look for something new, know that you're growing, but also for people who might be listening because they're just curious on how to even start. Don't be stressed out about the fact that it might feel difficult because it is finding what works for you. And that might change as you evolve and change. We're, right. we're all changing constantly. It would be so boring if we figured it out and then you were done.
0: Right. My brother uh, has this great saying, it says, never give up and no one to throw in the towel.
1: <laughs> I, I totally agree <laughs> with that.
0: So like what you're saying, you try something, it might not work for you. So this whole mindfulness movement is so fantastic because there's so much out there for you to try. Yes. People go, yeah, I really, I want to try meditation. I really am, but I'm just not good at it. I'm like, you don't have to be good at it. And P.S., there are meditation centers like The Den. There are apps that you you can try out. You have access to all these masters that have been doing the work in a way that you don't have to go out and like climb a mountaintop and no. sit it a tree. They're kind of carrying you up the mountain. They're for a carrying while. you up yeah. the mountain. And you can actually try things out. So try out, see what works for you, and and you'll find it. You will find it. There's something it. for everybody. And here's here's my favorite part about meditating is that I had to trick my brain and myself into telling myself that meditating is
1: actually doing something positive for myself.
0: Just like working out, yeah. just like eating
1: eating, eating well, but just right. like any of those things, we would take breaks. That's right. You get exhausted from it. That's right. So you're right. It is a practice that you just have to keep. That's right. Reminding and, or you find en- find a different teacher. Yeah. You start doing like yoga, booty ballet instead of Pilates, whatever <laughs> right. it is. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. So what do you feel? How have you brought this into? You've been married a long time, which is amazing. So I can yes. only imagine there's ups and downs because relationships are difficult. Yes. So how do you bring this practice into your relationship?
0: That's a good question. So I use circling. Or do you forget sometimes? I do. I do. I use, I use, I practice circling in my community with friends and family. So we use circling for every celebration. We do a mini circle around the dinner table at night. We do thorns and roses. We do what was the high point of your day, the low point of your day, and what's your bud? What are you looking forward to? And that's a mini circle. There's no, there's no, you know, interrupting or crosstalk. I heard a new one at my my, uh, family gathering this weekend. It was sour sauce service. No, (laughs) sweet, sour service. That's what it was. What was your sweet part of your day? What was the sour part of your day? And what was the service part of your day? How were you of service? Ah, I love that game changer. Huge, especially if you're, for children. If you know you're going to talk about that, you start figuring. And the out. kids had to think about it at the table. They were like, "Well, I helped clean up after dinner, or I helped, you know, so and so walk up the stairs. You know, if they were near an elder or so.
1: And then when it's your turn, you're like, well, "Yeah, I'm a mom. So yeah, <laughs> I'm a mom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Always in service. Uh, I woke up. I woke <laughs> that up. was my Always service. In <laughs> service.
0: <laughs> so yeah." That's where and and I think that has strengthened my community, which has also supported my marriage and my partnership is is circling. Oh, this is a very perfect explanation of, you know, my marriage and circling when when my I think my kids were very small and we were rushing to a birthday party at a new friend's house. And I was out of my mind with you know like come on we have to go and And did you get the gifts and did you get like not zen at all (laughs) had had lost my zen and we get there and and I literally was like out of my mind about going to this kid's birthday party all ego I cared what the mother thought I cared what the what they would think of the gift I cared what we were wearing I cared if we were late I cared, cared, cared and my husband put his hand gently on my back and he rubbed my back and he says keep circling because he
1: so cause so he sweet. knew
0: that you needed to be brought down. I needed I needed to be reminded mm-hmm. of my spiritual center. What was important? He went, oh, honey. I think it was like, oh, honey, just keep circling. Something like that. Like like that was his soothing message. I remember to you me. and you'll
1: be fine. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think we talked about this, that the only tattoo I have on my entire body is a circle. I know. I saw it when we started and I love it. And for me, it's always meant, because people always say, what does that mean? I know it has to mean something for you because I'm not a tattoo person. And it always meant for me truth and authenticity and just... This is my North Star. Whenever I'm freaking out or worried that I might be making a decision for the wrong reasons, I can look down on my wrist and I know, no, no, it's okay. Like, think about you, what's right mm-hmm. for you. So, I've always loved the art of circling and everything you talk about it because I always find it fascinating that the circle for me always signified the same thing mm-hmm. without knowing
0: it. Yeah. And that we're all connected only all of the time. You are me. I am you. Your truth is my truth. Your pain is my pain. And I, I gave a, I, I don't know if it was great. I was going to say great, but that's a little too full of myself. That's not too much <laughs> ego I'll go for it. I had this, this little moment under a huge tree one day. I was like killing time and I laid down and I was going to meditate and I'm just looking up at this tree and I'm looking at the leaf all the way over here on one side of the tree and it was this huge oak tree and then I look all the way over the other side and there's a leaf all the way over here on the other side and I was like, those two leaves will never know about each other (laughs) and yet they need exactly the same thing and they source from the same energies
1: that's a beautiful metaphor right that's another way to they will never know anything about each other and
0: yet here they are connected through the roots of this tree through the sunlight through the water through
1: everything and then from more of an eagle eye advantage they are one they are one that's all that's what one would see
0: right and that's that's what the art of circling is to me it 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 gently reminds us that we're all connected all the time, but then it also like lifts us up. And I also bring in all my, you know, mindfulness and meditation practices. And I bring in anything that's turning me on in, in life. I bring that to the circle and then that gives other people permission to kind of share what's turning them on. And then everybody leaves the circle feeling
1: like not only like, dropped in but then also energize energize so speaking of that what do you feel is like what's your shit like what's the stuff you still constantly deal with or struggle with i mean clearly you've done a lot of work clearly but like you said you're always learning and you're always growing so what do you feel like the thing that comes up for you the most that you're like there it is again i need to like keep an eye on that or work on that
0: uh it it all boils down to ego so it's compare and despair that still gets me it's why am i not there like so and so, and and fear and
1: fear. That's what I have to. That's what I have to meditate on. And it's so interesting because you hear that a lot from a a lot of people. But sure. I feel like especially people in entertainment and actors. It's like it's so interesting that that feels to be the struggle for most actors. And you wonder did that struggle become because of your career, or did it always exist? And you're attracted to that career for that reason. It's like the constant reminder to work through it. Right. Um,
0: probably both probably it's it a little enhanced yeah like i can't like i came in with a childhood happened and i'm and i was uh i like to call us carnies you know instead of actors for like carnies like nothing stable right it it's not tough. a great it's not a great you know it's not a stable it's not a great ego booster yeah it's not <laughs> but but it's what it's uh, my my teacher nanyel used to say it's the hand dealt mm-hmm. it's it's what i came in with it's it's the it's the life that I was born into. And this is what I have to work with. So I was born a Pisces and I was born um, an artist and I was born a seeker and I was born a teacher. Like these were all things I
1: felt I came in with. And it's beautiful because you incorporate all those things into what you're doing. Yes. Like everything you just described is who you are today as well and how you get get to perform every single day Mm. that's incredible most people are still trying to figure out how to connect
0: all those dots and the the reason i started leading circles in this way is because i wanted to empower other people to access all of their talents so that they could live their most you know purposeful life Like that, that's my mission. That's, that's what I use the art of circling for is to support and empower people in living their most authentic
1: lives. Well, that's incredible. And on that, I feel like I'm going to wrap it up from there because I don't think we can get more beautiful for why you do that. But let me ask you a few questions that you can just knock off and you've answered a few of them already. What's your like go-to spiritual book? I referenced A New Earth, Eckhart Tolle's
0: a new earth and anything by Marianne Williamson. If you're, if you're and I, you and I know her. Well, I will go back to her books and I, I haven't read them all, but pretty close. There's a, a woman's worth,
1: mm-hmm.
0: a woman's worth. Come on. If you're, if you're a chick and you're listening and you haven't read that, like stop everything you're doing and Amazon it. And now. She's, she's
1: just fierce. Like there's no she's, other way to explain it. She's like,
0: a yeah. fierce energy. Um, that and Byron Katie. Loving What Is Anything by Byron Katie? If I'm feeling off track, if I'm feeling like it's unfair like this, I will pick up. I don't have to pick up her book because I've done I've I've read her books. I will pick up a piece of paper and a pen and I will do the work. And it's four simple questions that she has now built a self-help empire on. And that is these four questions that she calls the work.
1: She, did you ever watch that interview on Oprah that got a lot of... Was it on Soul yeah, series or Soul Sundays? where basically she was talking about, was it losing her daughter? I, I don't want to make sure I'm speaking correctly. She lost mm. someone. She lost uh, Maybe her son. Her, yeah. Maybe her son. And I feel like Oprah was saying, so you you weren't upset? And she's like, no. I, and she was trying to explain that always being okay and yeah. always being happy. And she just kept getting pushed. And it, you could tell it was like aggravating Oprah <sighs> because she was just responding like, No, I was okay because, and I remember she said something that's always resonated with me because that was my story. And if you change it and you look at it, that that was the time I was given with that person and their story ends then, their chapter ends and you take it away from being a tragedy and more what is. And once you can put that distance and look at it that way, you feel like you're part of something more beautiful versus letting it destroy you. I actually found it amazing. Amazing. A lot of people were just Like you're, you must not not be be sad. You're lying. A lot of people were like, and I I never took it as she wasn't saying she's sad. Again, if you can take sad as an emotion, it's just a layer. Right. It doesn't define who you are. By that equation, you could easily say I'm okay. It Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that sadness doesn't pop in. Right. I found it fascinating. I recommend people actually going, just read Byron Katie. It's just, yeah, she's she's amazing. I was at one workshop
0: with her and her son had just had a motorcycle accident. And so she met him in the hospital and he was on a gurney, like in the ER and she showed up. She was like, oh my God, isn't this amazing? Like you're like, we're here, we're together. You're in an ER. We're getting help. Like she dropped right into the present moment, which was not the past moment before right now things are, but
1: right now how great. And that that's been a gift. It is a gift. I mean, to, it is really hard to live in the present moment when stuff like that is happening. So she is, she's mastered it. Yes, (laughs) she has. So what about a movie or documentary, anything that's affected you? It doesn't even have to be spiritual, but it can be. Right. Well,
0: the, the movie that pops into mind are just like my top favorite movies. And Dances with Wolves destroyed me when I when I saw it from my family history being from Montana and then also his connection with Native American people that that fit my story. That fits my story. You have always really been attracted to it. Yeah, I really have. And let's see, recent documentary. um, uh, I don't have one. I don't have one right now. And I and I
1: and I and I'm just kind of blanking, so I can't even. But maybe I'll get back to that. Is there a if you could recommend like a teacher or a teacher that's meant a lot to you? Who would it be?
0: You mean a present
1: day teacher that I could recommend to? Either people, way, it could, or, no, it could be it could be a teacher through their writings. Uh-huh. Nowadays, I mean, so much is accessed online, right. books, um, or it could be someone that is local that lives here and that might not be. what for you, it's just anyone that you feel like. Right. You know who I always whenever I have to give a
0: gift or whenever I want to um, like share something in writing, I always go back to Rumi. and it's it, it, if you sit with his writings, they will transform you. So just using that as him as a teacher, you know, one of our greatest Beautiful. teachers, that's that's who i that's who i'm I'm drawn to time
1: and time again. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I, I could talk to you for another two hours. Well, I'll come back. Great. Yeah, you better come back. Um, you should all come and try one of the circles here at the den. Or she's also about to start leading a training of her own. So for people who are actually curious about leading their own circles, yes. look into that as well. And check her out. She has a Facebook page, The Art of Circling, Instagram, The Art of Circling. It, she's really an amazing woman to check out. So thank you. give it a whirl. And then stay tuned because she's going to do – five to 10 minutes of leading us in a practice that clearly isn't a circle since we're not together, but at least implements some of, you know, the mindfulness that she practices. Great. This is Andrea's personal practice, a self-love meditation.
0: All right. So everybody just gently close your eyes and nothing for you to do except listen to the sound of my voice. If you do anything, just focus on the sound of my voice as you gently allow yourself to settle into the here and now. And just let yourself focus on your breathing. And as you focus on your breathing and tune within, I just want you to give thanks to yourself just for being here, just for tuning in to this moment, this mindfulness moment, this podcast. Just give yourself a gentle pat on the back for good job. Look at you just doing it, doing something good for yourself, taking this time for yourself. And there's no place to be but right here, right now, with yourself. If you want to, you could also just gently put your hands over your heart, just like a very sweet, loving embrace. Self-love is a term we hear all the time. So let's just have a moment of that. Just self-love. Loving of self. Thank you, self, for my beating heart, for my breathing lungs, for anything else that you can find to be grateful for. This day, this moment, this year. Gratitude is a great calming device. Just being grateful for your breath can help the chemistry in your brain just to relax. And in this quiet moment, I want to call in some some energies to be here with us. And before I do that, I want you to imagine that there is a lotus flower at the top of your crown chakra that is opening up very gently this beautiful white lotus flower and it opens up and out of that lotus flower sitting right on the top of your head like a beautiful crown there's a white light that is shooting up from the top of your crown chakra all the way up into the sky into the cosmos into the great beyond And at the same time that this white light is radiating up, it's also radiating down through your crown chakra, all the way down through all of your chakras, all the way out of your root chakra, and extending all the way down into the floor, all the way down into the ground, and all the way down into this great Mother Earth that we sit upon. So that you're connected above, within, and below. And this energy force is radiating all the way through you. So I want you to use the most incredible, powerful version of your imagination to see this white light extending up, extending all the way down, and all the way down into this great Mother Earth. And now just picture her as this beautiful, being that we sit upon that is the source of of everything that we enjoy and that your energy is connected all the way down into her fiery core into the center of her being that is very much alive very much active And the same with this white light that's extending all the way up into the sky, connecting to that great source beyond, whatever you want to call it, God, creator, unknown, universe. And let this be our meditation right here today, that we are connecting to these incredible forces that are here for us to source from at any given time. And within, they are connecting us to our own being that is beyond any form of miraculous understanding that we can even comprehend, that you are as divine, as powerful, as all-knowing, as that great beyond, and as that great Mother Earth that we come from that we source from allowing your breath to breathe you allowing that energy to flow through you that is you allowing any thoughts that want to come to you. Either listen to what those thoughts may be or just gently let them float away. And today happens to be a new moon. So for the rest of the day, we're going to allow the universe to give us gentle little gifts. We're going to be on the lookout for little gifts that are here for us to guide us little signposts along the way that are designed specifically for you and through you that will say, here it is. Here's a new idea, perfectly designed for you to help you on your way. In fact, right now, it's coming in through that white light, that channel, that new idea is coming in, it's coming to you and through you, and you will see it later on today because you are asking for it, you are ready for it, you are listening to this podcast because of it. And you can come back to this imagery anytime you want of this open channel. You can use it in any meditation you want to open you up. And to end our meditation, I'm going to ask you now that you gently close the lotus flower at the top of your crown chakra. Gently close it so that You are fully back in your body, fully back in the earth plane, and gently pull up the energy from the earth, from your root chakra, taking that beautiful energy with you and returning you back, fully present, fully awake. And so it is. And when you're ready, you can gently open your eyes, come back into the room.
1: Dentox is produced by Michael Burke, Mike Burns, Reem Edon, Nicole Rappi, and music by Alex Fetter.